Okay, let's pray, because that's all we need right now, I think, right? Oh, thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Kylie. Awesome job. Whew, how do I follow that? Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to New Hope Church. And you know what? That is right. Dads are the best friends, but they don't only just make the best of friends. They also make the best heroes. And you know, uh, for anyone who knows me will tell you that I'm a huge uh, superhero geek. In fact, uh, Pastor Marshall was like, wait a minute, everybody else is dressed wearing a superhero shirt or something. Where's your stuff? And I was like, yeah, I know. I feel awkward not actually having something superhero on me. But there's a reason why I'm actually a big superhero geek, and it has to do with my dad. You see, I actually grew up without a, without a father. My dad actually died before I was born. My mom was pregnant with me, and he died. So I never got to meet my dad, never got to even hear his voice. All I have is pictures of my dad. But there's a reason why I say I think dads are the best heroes because growing up, understanding that, hey, my dad died, he's in heaven, I used to think I can do anything because my dad's watching over me in heaven. And so when things would happen, when my friends would be going, going, uh, going through some stuff, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm okay, I'm good because my dad's in heaven watching over me. You know, like, I felt almost invincible. Because I feel like my dad is watching over me. And it would be years later where I actually realized that is actually true. My father is watching over me. So today we're actually ending our series, Life's Timelines. And today we're going to talk about how our dads, through our dads, we can learn life's greatest strength. Now, although it's uh, Father's Day, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. uh, It's not just a message for the dads today. It's a message for all of us to take. Because the reality is, our fathers, including our Father in heaven, teaches us the strengths in life. In fact, this morning, we're going to go through, we're going to learn from four dads in the Bible. 
And we're going to learn about life's greatest strength through them. Now, kind of keeping with the superhero theme, uh, for every point, there's going to be a clip from a superhero movie or show. So bear with me, okay? Because I love superheroes because I think dads make the best ones. And so the first one is uh, honor. See, I, I believe dads, dads were called to teach honor. In fact, the Bible says it like this. In Proverbs 21, 21, it says, He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. You see, honor is a strength in our lives because it reveals our character. Honor reveals our character. It reveals our integrity. It's our foundation. And dads, we know, the, we know the value of honor. We know that it's not something that we just want for ourselves, but for our family as well. See, honor starts with us. I have three little girls, Caitlin, who is four, Brianne, who is two, going to be three, and our newest addition, uh, Adrian, who is four months old. I have three little girls. Trust me when I tell you, I am making sure they know what honor is. Because later on in life, I want to make sure that the man that comes into their life is honorable. See, honor is something that dads know, not just for themselves, but, but for their families. In fact, I know that uh, there's one time uh, me and Caitlin, my oldest daughter, we were playing. And uh, like Bunny said earlier, I'm not a competitive dad. I just like to win. That's all. I believe you got to teach your kids, even at four years old, what losing is. Okay? I'm that kind of dad. Like, hey, hey, it's okay. But dad, it's okay. It's called losing. It's okay. You're fine. Stop crying. So, <clears throat> so we're, we're playing this game, and I forget what it was, but I was losing. So I decided to find a way to win. And so I did. And, my, and Caitlin looks at me, she's like, you cheater. <laughs> and I was like, how dare you say that to me? I'm your father. I'm also a pastor. And yes, I cheated. My daughter called me out. <laughs> so, and so I told her, yes, you know, technically you won. Sorry, daddy cheated and all that. But you see, honor is something that we don't just want for ourselves. We want for our families. And when I think of honor... There's a man in the Bible that I can think of when it comes to being a perfect dad who showed how much he not only honored God, but in honoring God, showed his family to honor God. And that's Noah. That's Noah. I mean, in fact, in the Bible, it says it like this, and it's in your notes. Genesis 6, 9, it says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. I mean, think about it. Noah, Noah gets called out in the Bible as being a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, walking faithfully with God. You see, Noah wasn't just a righteous man for himself. He was a righteous man for his family. And he showed his family what it meant to honor God. I mean, think about it. God speaks to Noah and says, Noah, I'm, ab I'm about to erase this. I'm about to erase all of mankind except for you and your family. I'm going to send a flood that destroys the world. But I'm, I cho I've chosen you because you are righteous that I'm going to save you and your family. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to build a boat. 
an ark, a humongous ship to save not just you and not just your family, but the species of animals that I've created. There was no rain prior to that. And yet Noah did it. Noah built the ark. Noah built this boat because he wanted to honor God. I'm pretty sure Noah had family and friends close to him that are going, bro, what you doing? You're building a boat. For, for what? You can go fishing. And he's like, no, this, this is what the Lord said. And he's going to, and I, I, I can't even, I don't even, I don't even know what he went through. But I do know this, he was an honorable man because he did it. And by being an honorable man, he saved his family. He saved us from being destroyed by the flood. Because God could have just said, okay, you know what, mankind, you're so evil, I'm going to just take care of it like that and just start all over. No, he still used Noah because Noah was an honorable man. See, honor's in us. You see, you, you understand what honor is when, when you choose to either do things according to the Lord or according to the world. And as dads, we learn that. We, we, we not only learn that, but we have to teach that to our kids. We're going to watch a clip from this movie. Because when I thought of honor, there's just one superhero that I thought of. And his name is Captain America. And if you know of Captain America, his story is a little interesting. See, before he became Captain America, he was a scrawny little kid from Brooklyn. But he had the heart that wanted to serve. He didn't want to fight in the war to kill people. He wanted to fight for his country. He wanted to save his country from the grips of evil. Well, he couldn't because of his stature. He couldn't even get in. He had a lot of health problems, so he couldn't get into the army. But he had the heart of a soldier. He had a heart for his country. And someone comes along and sees that. And this man, this man who sees him also has honor. And not only does he have honor for himself, he sees what Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, is going through. And he sees the fact that there is honor in this young man. And if we give him the opportunity, he very well might present it. Let's take a look at this clip. Stick a needle in that kid's arm, it's going to go right through him. Someone goes. <laughs> look at that. He's making me cry. I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. Do you know how long it took to set up this project? Yeah, All the groveling I had to do in front of Senator What's-His-Name's committees? Yes, I know. I am well aware of your efforts. Then throw me a bone. Hodge passed every test we gave him. He's big, he's fast, he obeys orders, he's a soldier. He's a bully. You don't win wars with niceness, doctor. You win wars with guts. Get away! Get back! Dummy grenade. All clear. Back in formation. Is this a test? He's still skinny. the doctor saw something in Steve. He saw honor. And being an honorable man himself, he was the one that signed the documents for him to actually give him a chance to be part of the experiment. An experiment that would later make Steve Rogers Captain America. See, honor is very important when it comes to dads because honor brings out the character that God has for us. Noah knew this. 
No one knew that had he not been honoring to God, his kids wouldn't honor God as well. And so he did. He lived a life. And it's interesting because he did it before the ark. See, honor isn't when, just when the moments come up. It's prior to. It's when we build up our characters, build, build up our integrity. See, as kids, we develop honor when we see it in the lives of our fathers. You know, I didn't grow up. I, I, I had some father figures growing up, but it wasn't until I came to the Lord that I, 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 get, I got to know two really great dads that I get to call my father figures. And I remember this, uh, this, one, this one man, uh, when I came to know the Lord, I heard him, I heard him say, you're going to be a youth pastor. And so I was like, I went to him, and uh, we'll just call him Pastor Sheldon. Okay, so. <laughs> I, so I remember going to Pastor Sheldon and going, hey, Pastor Sheldon, so uh, uh, I, I think God is calling me to be a pastor. And so I was asking him, what do I do? Like, what do I do to be a pastor? Do I go to college? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I go to seminary? What do, what do I do? Pastor Sean looked at me and he said, uh, let me ask you a question, Ben. Can you be the youth pastor without the title? Can you be the youth pastor without the license? Because if you can have the heart of a pastor, that's far more important than the license. What he taught me was honor. What he taught me was that, hey, if I can't be the man behind the scenes, Makes no sense I'd be the man on the platform. See, honor is who we are behind the scenes. Honor is when things don't go the way we want. Do we freak out? Do we, do we compromise? Or do we stay steadfast? Because the second trait is this. The second strength is this. Endurance. Endurance. Hebrews 10 1039 says this, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. You see, endurance reveals the faith within us. It's the strength to keep going, never giving up. And I think dads, we know this all too well because uh, I know for a fact, I mean, my friends would tell me that their dads are the ones pushing them all the time in sports, in school, you know, you better not come home with an F. And, you, know, you, better, you know, you can do it. You, you know, you can, you, can, you can kick the winning goal. You can score the winning point. You see, in sports, dads are the ones that normally push us to keep pushing through. And in life, that's the strength we need to move forward in faith. When I think of faith and endurance, there's only one guy I can think about that too, is Abraham. I mean, think about it. Abraham definitely was a, a faithful man. In fact, he's the father of faith. And it's so interesting because Abraham's story, if you don't know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because here's Abraham. He gets called out from his homeland, from the Lord, from the Lord says, you're going to go to this other place and you're going to give birth to my people. You're going you're gonna to be the father of all the descendants. They're, they're going to number the sky. They're going to outnumber the stars in the sky. And then... There's a promise that God gave to Abraham that you will have a son. His wife Sarah was barren. She couldn't have kids. But he promised her and, and Abraham, you're going to have a son. His name was Isaac. And then here's where the crazy part comes in. 
God says to Abraham, Abraham, here's what I need you to do. I need you to take, I need you to take your son and you're going to go sacrifice an offering unto me. And then as he goes through the journey, as, before he goes through the journey, Abraham realizes it's actually his son Isaac that God wants him to sacrifice. Meaning his promised child, God wanted him to give up. I don't know about you, but I look at my daughters and I read that story and I think to myself, there's no way I would be able to do that. But Abraham was. And so he took Isaac and he went journeying. And, they, and, they, and I, I, when you read that story, it's so heartbreaking because Isaac actually asked his dad, Dad, where's the offering? Where's the sacrifice for the offering? And Abraham, knowing the answer that it's you, son, says, don't worry, the Lord will, the Lord will find one. The Lord will make a way. And then Abraham takes Isaac and puts him on the altar that they, they constructed together, ties him, and, and, and I can only imagine what, what Abraham and Isaac are going through. Isaac's probably looking at his dad going, Dad, what are you doing, Dad? What, what's going on? Why are you tying me to this, to this, to this altar? What, what, what's, what's going on? And I'm pretty sure Abraham is, is holding back everything he got because he's trying to be obedient. He wants to be obedient to the Lord, uh, holding out faith that, Lord, you're going to do something miraculous. And then he takes out the dagger. And he's about to strike his son down in faith to the Lord. And all of a sudden, right before the dagger pierces Isaac's skin, the Lord stops him and says, Abraham, you've shown yourself to be faithful. Take your son off. They go and they find an animal stuck in the bushes to sacrifice to the Lord. See, in Hebrews eleven seventeen to 19, it talks about that. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned with that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. You see, Abraham displayed what faith was when he endured the challenge that God set before him. It was, it was a moment that would speak volumes, not only in his life, but also into that of his son Isaac. Isaac would have his own challenges later on as he grew, but he would learn to endure because of how his father endured. Uh, I remember this one time, me, me and my, uh, me, Katie and the girls, we were walking, and we were doing something. Caitlin had just... I think she had hula practice or something, and she was dead tired. And so we're walking around, and she's kind of like, oh. you know how kids get, right, when they're tired, right? And, there's, and she's walking around, and, we're, and, and she's like, Dad, can we go home already? I'm tired. And I'm like, baby, come on, I'm tired too, but we got, we got, to, we got to go look around. We got to go shop. We got to pick up some stuff. She's like, but Dad, I'm tired. I was like, you can go take a nap. No. I'm like, well, you got to keep walking then. She's like, okay, well, can we hurry up? And so I, th- I told her, okay, wait. I thought about it. I was like, okay, Lord, give me something great to have right now. Because if not, I know what's going to happen. My daughter's going to keep asking me. Then what's going to happen is I'm going to keep telling her no, which means that she's going to throw a tantrum, which means in the middle of Target, she's going to start screaming, which means in the middle of Target, I'm going to start yelling, which means that people are going to see me go, hey, that's Pastor Ben yelling at his daughter. <laughs> and then I'm going to have to do the, hi. <laughs> 
And so here's what I did. I, I looked at her and went, Caitlin, are you tired? Yeah. You know that daddy's tired too? Uh-huh. But think about it. We're just practicing for Disneyland. Okay, I'm good, Dad. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Can we go walking around some more? I'm like, no, now you have to go walking, right? And she's like, can we go to Disneyland tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow plus like a couple years, okay? Okay, cool. And so we walked around, and she was good. She endured. And it was funny because I think as soon as she, I mean, she heard that I was tired. But the moment that I brought hope to her, and, and I thought, hey, hey, there's, there's something greater. So if you were able to go through it, go through it. See, that's what dads do. Dads help us endure because of faith. We're going to take a look at a clip from The Flash, uh, which is a TV show. And then before I, before I show it, let me just kind of give you what's going on in this, in this scene. Uh, the Flash was facing a villain, and he gets beat to the point where he, uh, he actually got embarrassed in front of the entire city. Well, his dad appears to him. And his dad, for those of you who don't know the story of The Flash, his dad was actually... Uh, incarcerated in prison wrongfully be- for, for being accused of the death of his mom. And so here's what happens in this scene. You're going to see the Flash and his dad talking about the struggles that they're going through and how to endure it together. Take a look. I can't stop him. I know it. He knows it. And now everyone in this city knows it too. They don't believe in me anymore, Dad. At my trial for your mother's death, a lot of our family and friends were in the courtroom. They heard awful things about what I had done to your mother. It didn't matter that it wasn't true. Every day, I could see it on their faces the moment when I lost them until everybody had stopped believing in me. Well, that was my reality. You know, I was going to serve a life sentence for a crime I didn't commit. But worse than that, every time I looked at someone in the eye from that moment forward, they've got to believe that I had killed the woman I loved in front of our son. So, yeah, I do know what it's like being destroyed. How did you get past that? I embraced it. Accepting it was the only way that I could move forward, but I knew that if I could survive that and learn to believe in myself again, then I could survive anything. You know what let that belief in me, Barry? You? (laughs) 11-year-old you running around believing in me gave me that hope. And now I'm giving it back to you, son. No more monsters can take that from us. You see, one of life's greatest strengths is that we endure it with our kids. We endure life with our kids. What you saw in that clip was the, was the flash in his dad saying, we're going to endure all the hardships together. You see, dad's often lead out of their own endurance to their kids. And by doing that, their kids learn what faith is all about. See, I remember this one time, uh, my, se- my, my second father figure, well, we'll just call him uh, Holy. <clears throat> uh, I remember one time we went to uh, Kona on the other side of the island, and uh, Holy likes to go golfing, yeah? 
Holy loves golfing. I love golfing. The, the difference is I, I'm really bad at golfing. Uh, and so we went golfing, and we went to this, I forget what golf course it was, and uh, it was me, him, and some of our other friends. And so uh, for those of you who golf, you usually golf, you start off in the morning, right, so that you can come back, you can, you can finish all the holes by, like, lunchtime, then relax for the rest of the day. Well, lunchtime came, and I think we were, like, on hole nine. That just goes to show how great I am at golfing. <laughs> and so uh, we got, so we, I was doing horrible, uh, and, and we're playing golf, and so finally, uh, Holy said, okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pair off. We're gonna, I'll take Ben, and so-and-so, you go with him. And so we're going to see who, who gets the best score from now on. And so we went, and uh, it was kind of funny because our wives were uh, in the condo, and we're coming right past them, and they're like, you guys going to be home for dinner or what? The way we were playing. Like, we're, I was playing that bad. Uh, to the point where I didn't even know where my golf balls went. I just went, oh, here. There's my golf ball. <laughs> and so we're playing, we're playing. And what I, what I, what I learned from it was this. Uh, I knew I did bad, okay? I'm okay with accepting failure, okay? But what was, what was awesome was that not once did Holy tell me, you're junk. <laughs> like, not once did you tell me, dude, I could, I could golf better with you my left hand. You know, he kept saying, okay, come on, come on, you can do it, come on, come on. And we won. I was like, I don't know how we, I know how we won. It was because of him, not me. Okay, I'm okay with that. But, uh, but that's what I learned is that he was willing to endure that. I mean, here you have someone who golfs really well who's probably like, dude, I could play two games with the pace that we were going. But he didn't say that. Instead, he had faith in me. He could have kicked me off his team. He could have said, hey, well, hold on, switch. But he didn't do that. He endured with it. He endured it with me. And I believe it was because he had faith in me. Why in golf? I don't know. But anyway. Uh, but you see, dads, that's why we have to endure with our kids. Is because when we endure with our kids, we, we teach them what faith really is. The next thing is responsibility. Responsibility. Dads, we teach our kids responsibility. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You see, responsibility equals accountability. It means that there's a consequence for every action. And it's a strength that adds purpose to our lives. See, dads help hold us accountable to our actions. They help teach us that our decisions matter. And this is, this is, so, uh, this is so real for Joseph. See, Joseph in the Bible, Joseph was the stepdad to Jesus, if you think about it like that. I mean, can you imagine Joseph, not only was he, not only was he engaged to a woman who was pregnant with a child that wasn't his, he gets told that the child within his fiancée is the son of God. How many, how many, okay, just nod your head. How many of you guys have a hard time with your kids? Imagine having the son of God as your kid. Like, imagine the attitude that Jesus could have given, but he didn't. You see, Joseph taught, teaches us responsibility because here's what took place. In Matthew 2, 13, 14, it says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, 
and left for Egypt. You see, Joseph not only accepts the responsibility of raising up Jesus, but he also helped instill in Jesus the responsibility of being the savior of the world. I mean, Joseph could have easily said, God, that's your kid. You take care of him. But he didn't. He accepted full responsibility for Jesus. Not once does the Bible say, hey, uh-uh, I ain't, ain't going to be part of that. No, he takes, he takes Mary and Jesus and takes him far so that way Jesus can grow up to be exactly who he's supposed to be. I know we don't read much in the Bible about Joseph, but that's right there important. Joseph could have easily said, I don't take responsibility, but instead he said, no, I do take responsibility. I take responsibility for my son Jesus, that I want him to live. So if that means I have to run away, I will run away. I will take my family. I will run to make sure that he is safe because he is my responsibility. And in doing that, Jesus grows up and becomes a savior, our savior, for our sins. We're going to take a look at another clip. And this one involves Spider-Man. It's actually from the trailer for the new Spider-Man movie that's coming up. See, dads, we teach our kids that you have to be responsible for your actions. And in this clip, you're going to see Spider-Man get, get talked to by a father figure found in Iron Man, Tony Stark. And how with great power comes great responsibility. Take a look. Your legal weapons barrier was at 2.30. You missed it. Somebody had died. I was just trying to be like you. I wanted you to be better. I'm gonna need the suit back. But I'm nothing without this suit. If you're nothing without this suit, then you shouldn't have it. You see, dads often see the greatness in us, but they also challenge us with the responsibility of having that greatness in us. I remember years ago, uh, we were getting ready for our zero gravity camp, and I didn't get some stuff done in at, for work. I was supposed to be the camp director, and so, at, so, but because of work, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it, which meant that Bunny was going to have to be the camp director, and she wasn't ready for it. She, I mean, she was, of course, she was ready for it, but it was meant for me to take on. There's other things that she had to take care of. And so I remember Holy uh, saying he wanted to meet with me, and so we met at Starbucks. And Holy is someone who's prayed for me, who believes in me, who has faith in me, but as we sat down, I knew this was going to be a hard talk. And he said it openly. He said, he said, right now I'm sitting in front of you as a dad and as a husband. And I need you, I need you to understand. And, and he told me straight up, he's like, I need you to get your work done so that you can go to camp. And never once in my life have I ever had a sat down with someone who's like my dad and had that talk. It was real. Because he held me accountable for my, my choices. And what he was saying was, Ben, you have it in you. You have it in you. You have a calling in your life. But if, you, if you're going to continue to play around, if you're not going to buckle down, and if you're not going to settle down and, and say, hey, I'm going to get stuff done so that I can accept the calling that I have in my life, then maybe you have to think a little bit better. And I remember uh, 
I remember after that, uh, going, okay, I, gotta, I really got to get stuff done. And I did. And thankfully, I got to make it to zero gravity and be the camp director. You see, dads, we teach our kids that, yes, you have greatness in you, but you have to be responsible with that potential. You can't just have it and say, hey, I'm going to squander it all away. Because dads, the fourth, thing you, the fourth strength that you give us is, is optimism. Or op- is optimism. You're optimistic. I love this. Mark 9, 23. If, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. See, optimism gives way to hope. Hope believes in the impossible. It's a strength that carries us in the darkest of moments. It's here where our dads uh, share with us that things will get better, or you can do it, or it can happen. I know for, I know for, my, for my own self, uh, I'm learning this with my daughters. I remember a couple, week, a couple weeks ago, uh, my, my middle daughter, Brianne, thought she was Supergirl, and so she decided to jump off the stage. And luckily her head caught her fall. And so she was crying. She was, ah! And Katie was, Katie was like, and I didn't even know what happened. I was, in the other, I was on the other side. And I came in, and, and Katie's like, yeah, Brianne jumped off the stage. She hit her head, you know. And, and, and so she was kind of on the road. She was like, do we take her to the yard? Because, I mean, it's a solid floor. And it's a pretty big leap. And so I told Katie, uh, nah, she'll be fine. She'll be good. But Katie, being the loving, caring mother that she is, Said no, let's go to the ER. So we did, and we got to the ER, and 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 I'm, and, I'm, and there was a one moment where I thought, okay, maybe something serious, because normally my daughter Brianne is really bubbly, and or she's she's either grouchy or happy. There's no in between. And so, but there, there was this there was this one moment where she looked hurt, like she looked like she was in bad shape. And so we made it to the ER, we got in, and I started holding her. And I'm starting, because a part of me as a dad is starting to think, okay, what if she has a concussion? How are they going to know? What do we do? And I just went, nah, everything's going to be okay. I held her in my arms. I started playing with her. And lo and behold, it was like that. She, she went to being uh, normal, normal. She went to being perfectly normal. She was uh, singing. She wanted me to dance with her in the, in the ER, you know. See, dads, we, we have to have that optimism because we bring hope. We, see, we look for hope. There's a story in the Bible in Luke 8 of this man named Jairus. And Jairus has a daughter, and his daughter is sick. So Jairus, hearing that there's this guy named Jesus who can do the impossible, who can heal the sick, he makes his way to find Jesus, and Jesus is in the middle of this crowd. And by the time he gets to her. Someone from, Jairus is actually a, a, a well-known person. He was an official. And so one of his servants comes and, and tells him, hey, uh, Jairus, your daughter is dead. In fact, we can read it in, in Luke 8, 49, 50. When Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. And what I love about this story is, is here's Jairus who gets told his daughter is now dead. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. Jairus could have easily said, you know what? No, she's dead. 
it's too late, I'm sorry, and leave. But as the story continues, Jairus had actually let Jesus come with him, go to the house. And in fact, Jesus said, your daughter, isn't, your daughter is not dead, she's just sleeping. And as everybody laughed, Jesus took the girl, she got out of bed. See, dads, we're optimistic because there's hope. There's hope. You see, Jairus believed that Jesus could do the impossible. He had hope that Jesus could save her. See, dads, we look for hope in our kids, and we believe that they can do the impossible. We're going to take a look at the last clip, at the, at the next clip, and it's from Man of Steel, Superman. And what you're going to see is Jor-El, who is actually Superman's real dad, offer him a bit of optimism and a lot of hope. Let's take a look. What's outside about the codex? Strike that panel. We wanted you to learn what it meant to be human first. So that one day, when the time was right, you could be the bridge between two peoples. Look. Boss. You can save her, cow. save all of them. You see, dads have hope in their children, even when they seem lost. They give their kids hope that they can do anything. I remember the first time I gave a message on stage and I was freaking out. I was sweating bullets. But I remember uh, after I spoke, Pastor Sheldon was in here, Holy was in here, and I ran up straight to them and I was like, how'd I do, how'd I do, how'd I do? And all they could tell me was, we see the calling that you have in your life. You're going to continue to grow. You're going to continue to be better. They, had, they, they instilled in me hope. Can I, can, I, can I talk to the dads for just a second? For all the dads in here, I just want you to know one simple thing. You're needed. If you were to look at all the notes and you circle the first letter in each of those first, first point, uh, the, the four points, they spell out hero. See, dads, you're heroes to your kids. And it doesn't matter if you have little kids like me or if you have grown adults who are no longer home. Dads, they still need you. They still need you to, to show them what honor is, to instill in them faith and endure, to remind them to be responsible with their lives and always hope for the future. But most of all, dads, they need the greatest strength, and that is love. They need us to love them. Listen, dads, we're called to love hard. We're called to love hard hard. I want to just encourage you. Yes, I know today is Father's Day and it's all about us dads, but no, the reality is it never is like that for us dads. It's never about us. It's, it's where we 
extend our love unto our families, to our kids. Maybe there's some of you that maybe you have, you're, you have an estranged relationship with your kids. Don't let one moment go by without reaching out to them. Don't let one moment go out with them without you expressing how much you love them. Yes, your kids will make mistakes. Yes, your kids will fall down. Yes, your kids will do all kinds of things. But the one thing that your kids do need is you. Let me tell you, as a youth pastor, I see it. That what our families, what our kids, what this next generation needs is loving dads. And to all those who are out there who, like me, didn't have a dad. Or maybe you had a dad, but he wasn't the best of dads. Can I just tell you this? You might not have a dad, but you definitely, definitely have a father. You have a father who loves you. You have a father who gave his very own son for you. You have a father whose greatest strength is that he wants you to know he loves you no matter what you've done. No matter where you've been, no matter what's, what you're going through. You have a father who loves you that even in, in your worst circumstances and situations, although you might think he's not there, he's there because he loves you. Because you're his greatest creation. We're going to take a look from the last clip. Because the reality is no matter what is said and done, no matter, no matter the mountains, the skies, the oceans, no matter everything that God created, the greatest creation that he ever formed, that he ever created, was you. Let's take a look. Tony, you're too young to understand this right now, so I thought I would put it on film for you. I built this for you. And someday you'll realize that it represents a whole lot more than just people's inventions. It represents my life's work. This is the key to the future. I'm limited by the technology of my time. But one day you'll figure this out. And when you do, you will change the world. What is and always will be my greatest creation is you. On this Father's Day, it's a perfect time to remember that God, our Father, loves us. In fact, it's His love that will be the greatest strength in our lives. It's his love that reminds us that no matter what happens in our timeline, we will always be his. There may be some of you here this morning that maybe you have an estranged relationship with the Lord. Maybe you feel far from God. Maybe because of what's happened in your life, you're like, I don't even know if there's, there's a God. Well, let me tell you right now, there is a God who loves you. There's a father who loves you, that gave his very best. And despite anything and everything that you can do to try and distance yourself from him, he is saying unto you, come to me, because I love you. That there is never once a moment in your life, past, present, future, that he will ever say, I no longer love you. Because as we read in Romans 8, it says this, 
For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor the angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when Jesus gave his life, it was God the Father saying, I'm doing that for you. So that you don't have to go through life without hope. That you can go through life understanding who I've created you to be. That in each and every one of us, there's a purpose and a plan. That no matter what our dads on earth may have done or who they are, we can learn from them. Because he created all of us. You and I are his greatest creation. And on this Father's Day, our dad is saying to you and I, I love you. Take me as your dad. Take me as your father and let me help you in your life. I gave my son so that you could have eternity with me. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And and this morning, maybe that's you. Maybe right now, some of you in here saying God I want you Dad I want you I want your love I want to know you more I want you to teach me life's greatest strengths by being my greatest strength and if that's you this morning I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand See these other two back there. Or see you up here. Put your hands down. And on this day, Father's Day, whether we accepted Jesus or not, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to ask that you just repeat this prayer with me so that we can come back to the feet of our Father and saying, Dad, I'm here. I'm home because I'm with you. Dear Father, come before you this morning and and Lord I ask that for those who are far from you Lord that they would receive you at this time that they would hear your voice saying you're home, you're in my arms I love you that Lord they would understand that you've given them eternal life because of your son Jesus and that no matter what happens in life Lord you love them, you want the very best for them, that you want to strengthen them by being in their lives. Lord, on this day that we call Father's Day, we just give you all the honor and glory for being our Father, whom we love very much. Help us to build relationships with our dads. Help us to continue to love our families and to continue to be an extension of your love. We thank you, Lord. We love you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Happy Father's Day to all our dads out there.